What's up and welcome to another episode of the Scott and Ian show on the SBL podcast. How you doing? Can you breathe through both sides of your nose? I struggle, have a deviated septum, but last night I wore one of those things that like opens your nose up. Gotta tell you, I think I got a pretty good night of sleep, albeit short. I'm a night owl. What do you do to self-sabotage yourself? I stay up too late. Eat Doritos and watch YouTube videos. What do you do? Ah, Hey, you guys, this episode is super, super fun. We're going to get into it today. Scott and I are going to talk about choosing the perfect bass. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't we just all want the perfect bass? How do you choose the perfect bass? The search, the holy grail. We've described it as Excalibur before. How do you search for it? Doesn't Isn't that what everybody wants? Well, is it? I don't know. What's the perfect base for you? What does Scott think the perfect base is? What do I think the perfect base is? Is Does it differ per gig, per song? Oh, you're about to find out. This is a really fun episode. Before we get in, let me tell you what's going on at SBL this week. We have a brand new course coming out on Wednesday, April 19th, Rhythm Section Development Part 2 with the legendary drummer Steve Gould and me. The first one we did a few years ago went really well. We had a lot of great comments about it. We're just talking about things that seems like not a lot of people talk about. A bass player and a drummer in a room together. Me and Steve Gould. I've played a bunch of sessions, gigs with Steve. We talk about his approach to playing drums, to thinking about playing with a bass player, locking in, syncopation. He shows me a bunch of grooves. I struggle to play them. Like, like on the drums or on like lap drums. And he encourages you, if you are a bass player, to really think about life, think about grooves, think about music through a drummer perspective. It will give you a lot of value and tools to use in your rhythm section playing. So check that out. That's coming up April 19th. We also have a SBL mentor session, which we do every Monday. This upcoming Monday, April 17th, is Danny Mo Morris talking about the genius of James Jamerson. If you haven't seen a Danny Mo Morris mentor session, you have to. He's one of the best educators on the planet. He has a sound. He has a voice. He has context. He's incredible. So check that out. That is Monday, April 17th. And I think that's all I got. Let's get to this episode. I'm like getting everybody excited. Scott's on keys. And he's like, sorry, dude, can't do it. <laughs> you're, dude, you are, you're making a record and you just yeah. got an exciting, um, an exciting get in terms of musicians and you should tell the people you got to tell. Oh them. yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, like I'm, I'm waiting like he, so Scott Kinsey is basically on keys or we wait and just like, he was last night when I spoke to him. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, looking for those updates. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So last night when I spoke to him, he was on it. So wicked Scott Kinsey of tribal tech is on keys. <laughs> who is sort of like just a, phenomenal like just incredible he's one of the like, baddest you know, fusion keyboard dudes ever 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 yeah one of the baddest ever so scott kinsey's on keys uh we've got dave binney on sax who is just Kill. like one of the baddest sax players uh yeah he's like like a monster like he's a freak show i mean in all of the greatest ways uh so dave binney on on sax um gergo borali on drums <laughs> crazy <laughs> Who, uh, yeah, so like he's obviously like, uh, you know, under the freak show, yeah. Yes. Um, 
and, and Nate Worth on percussion. Dude, Nate Worth from Snarky on Puppy. Yeah. So the band, the band's like, <sighs> yeah, Scott Kinsey, uh, Dave Binney, Gogo Borlai, Nate Worth, Simon King, who's playing guitar on it, who is another freak show. Absolute freak. <laughs> and, who, and who's written all the tunes. So it's my size project. He's written all the tunes. And uh, me on, uh, I'm tud thumping on bass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get knocked down. <laughs> I'm tud thumping, dude. Oh, did you do you know that song? Of course, that was a massive hit over here. Huge. No shit. Oh, absolutely, Chumbawamba, dude. Big, huge hit over here. Dude, Kissing the night away. We're like, we don't even know what that means. We love it. We sing it in the bars all the time. It's incredible. Man, Jude, so Jude, the trumpet, the trumpet player from Chumbawamba. So if I you can, look at her, she's got mind right short now. blonde hair. Yeah. She, uh, her, name, her name's Jude. Man, I've not seen her in years. But like, I used to hang out with her. We used to do sort of like a music course together when I first moved to Leeds. I was like, oh, I need to do a music course and meet some other musicians. And Jude was doing that music course. I used to see her every week when I used to do those classes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Blast from the past. Yeah, tud thumping. <laughs> yeah, dude. Is, is, does pissing the night away mean getting drunk? Or does it mean uh, yeah. wasting wasting the evening? I think it's been, yeah, I think it, I don't know sure what it means. For me, if somebody was like, I'm just going to go piss the night away, it would mean I'm going to get drunk. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I yeah. love it, dude. I love it. Oh, Great bass on yeah. that tune as well. Great synth bass yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, Scott. All right. Look, we've been talking. We've talked about Excalibur. We've talked about you know. All right. You you got to get an instrument for this. Um, is it is it going to be a P bass? Is it going to be a Ken Smith? Have you found Excalibur? How are you going to choose the perfect bass? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's actually freaking challenging. So yes. I'm going to try and play one or two basses on the entire album. I'm definitely not going to use multiple basses, and there is a reason for it. Um, the yeah. reason is that it's so uh, – the, the, the piece is incredibly challenging. Yeah. And I am going to need to know, like, just my way around this bass <laughs> or, or a couple of basses, like the back of my hand – like, because you know, the, when you the really material is super challenging, right? The material, <laughs> yeah. just for context, uh, it's hard to, like, if people don't know a, a fusion reference, what's a fusion reference you could give so that people understand the, the, the needs of this project in bass chair? Because it is not playing a one, four, five, you know, with eighth note kick drum pattern over a singer songwriter tune like the stuff that i do no it's it's, in the it's studio. bonkers it's yes. it's incredibly hard it's it'll be the hardest thing that i've ever played ever in my life so complex rhythms um, solos melodies i don't know if you can hear this bass. yeah i don't know if you can hear this but try and count four through this okay i know it's six i can't oh Oh, you can't hear, can Turn you? Turn it up. Crank it. Uh, could you hear it then? Barely. Actually, wait a minute. I won't be able to play it on there. Hang on. I might be able to play it on my phone. Give me As Scott is pulling that up, I he, Scott was like, hey, check out these tunes that I'm going to be playing on my record. And I got up, up basically like a panic attack. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. I mean, like, it's so intense. And it's going to be so fun for all you fusion heads 
and Scott, for yeah. s- especially for you, because you're such a fusion head, but you've really walked into the waters with this one, my friend. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It's so gnarly. So we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about how Scott's going to choose the right bass. This might, this might be it. Let's see. Did you find it? It's trying to buy that um, time, dog. Oh, oh, haven't found it yet. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Haven't found yeah. it yet. <laughs> right. Good times. Glad right. that we did that. <laughs> oh my word! Why is yeah, this not but working? seriously, did you find it? <laughs> no, I didn't still find it. Yeah, let me well, let me weird. let me hit him with this then. So as Scott, as I was saying, as Scott is looking <laughs> for the track to play to you, we thought it would be fun today to do like to talk about. How do you pick the perfect bass, right? And how is Scott looking to pick yeah. the perfect bass for his thing? Is there such a thing as a perfect bass? Is there a different perfect bass for every situation? I'm going to talk to you too. I'm playing with an artist tonight, originally from Nairobi, Kenya. His name is J.S. Ondara. Um, he is incredible. He has been described by um, many music publications as the African Bob Dylan. He is an oh, wow. unbelievable artist, and I've played with him before, and I can't. I, I am amazed. I'm going to get to go and work on another record with him. Um, just doing a couple tunes uh, this evening. I can't wait. But the way I choose the perfect bass for that will be very, very different than how Scott is choosing the perfect bass for his project. Right? How so will you be? Like, what do you go through? When you're thinking about doing that, like for that project, for instance. Yeah. For that project, we still haven't found your track. Are you still looking for it? Yeah, I found it. Yeah. Oh, you have? Do you want me to play it? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Play it. Just to give give them context of the pain you're about to go through, dude. The The suffering. So that's uh, like one of the guide tracks. It's it, uh, it's my nightmare. Dear God, it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, it sounds three, awesome. Four. Wait till the melody comes in. <laughs> Here we go. It's, so, yeah. okay, okay, wait. Before I even answer your question. It's not all question, like that, by the way. It's not all like that. Like, I'll play one more just to sort of like. Yes, yes, just yes. To, <laughs> these are just guide tracks, right? Oh. That's lovely. Yeah, so. Still, dude, that is not simple playing. That is not just a roll in and fake it with uh with with the chops that you have in reserve. That is dedicated, gnarly practice. It's that a requires an instrument that is a, a certain thing, 
right? And what does what yeah. does it require of an instrument? Well, yeah. So like, so for me, I'm going to be doing it on sort of like one or two bases uh, max, and I'm really trying to find the sound for the for the project. And that's yeah. kind of like it's not. I'm not on it yet. I can't sort of like grasp exactly what it is from a physical point of view. I need I need to have a bass that plays great uh, because uh, because of how challenging the actual pieces are. Um, so I need to be really comfortable on the bass, and it needs to play great. Um, it needs to be a five string mm. because there's so much of it is actually written on a B string. So that's not a negotiation at all. It has to be a five string. Arguably, arguably on a lot of the tracks, it probably could be a six string as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, because it's just, there's a lot of melody on the bass. And as I was saying earlier, I was playing on that F bass. And I was like, I'm running out of frets. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm up there. So, but I think that I think that I'm going to be able to do it on a five string. Originally, I wanted actually to do it on a six string. I talked about doing it on a six string. Um, right. Yeah, and, and I, I actually got an F bass six string, thinking that I might use it for for this project. But honestly, I just played it. I didn't enjoy having a six string. I was just mm. like, oh, mm. it was just. And maybe it was that six string. I don't think it was actually anything to do with that string. That six string. That that six string plays freaking great. It was just, there was so much. I'm like, come on, you know, there's so much, so many strings. I'm recording so much this thing in eight weeks. I'm recording this thing in eight weeks. You know, yeah. I haven't got time to like, learn, like really sort of like, you know, go nuts and learn a different instrument. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I think I'm going to do it on a five string. But in terms of the sound, the one that re there's a couple of bases that jump out to me of uh, that sonically really work with this music. Uh, one's a fretless. I've got like mm -hmm. a Gary Willis fretless. It's the only fretless I've got. Um, that works really well uh, with you know with this. Um, so I'm thinking about using the Willis fretless on it um, or a fretless. Like part of me because like Kinsey's on it. So Scott Kinsey used to play with tribal tech, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Scott oh, played yeah. with tribal tech. You know where this is going, right? So Scott played with tribal tech and then Gergo played with Willis for years. And yes. old Tudthum turns up with a, with the Willis signature. <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. They're like, they're oh like, no. Okay. Willis wannabe. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. you know, so we'll see. Like, the, the unfortunate thing is that I love the bass. So, mm. I don't know. I might I've use it. I've a five-string fretless I should just send you. What is it? I wonder if you'd like it. Is it it's an exotic. Mode? No. Is it the exotic? It's a, yeah. It's exotic. It's British racing green, dude. I do. I do. Is it lined? It is. Do you like that? Gonna, yeah, I, do, I can't do it. Unlined on this stuff is just going to be not impossible uh, yeah because it's lined all over the place uh, it's active it. yeah hmm. maybe I should, i'll ass. send it over yes you know what the thing is though man i love that willis bass i love yeah, yeah, that yeah. Willis i know bass. you do yeah you need to paint it pink like you told me yeah i was gonna yeah i said to Ian a couple of weeks ago i was gonna i'm gonna paint it pink yeah. and i'm gonna paint the ramp black so it just looks so maybe i'll disguise it from kinsey and uh <laughs> And go go. They're going to go. Like, under that oh, pink paint. Is, is that Willis's? Is that a Willis signature? Oh, like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing against Willis's signature either. Gary's signature is freaking oh. awesome. But you know where I'm coming from. Everybody knows where I'm coming from. You know, come on. Give me your you break. Know, yeah, but, but that's on. a four. So you're cool with having a four because my exotic's no, a five. No, it's a five. 
It's oh, a five. The Willis is a five. That's the right. Of course it is. Five. Yeah, the Willis is a five. That's but right. All That's right. Like a, and I've been, uh, I've been using this on it. Yeah, I've been banana like, base. Uh, yeah, the banana base. That sounds sounds pretty nice on it. Uh, the one that really jumps out. That I'm just hanging it up over there. The one that really jumped out, actually, from a sonic perspective and really fitting the mix really well, was actually the uh, the Kent Smith 4 that I've got. Yeah, uh, yeah. It sat in the mix really well, um, mm. but it's a 4, and I need a 5. So yes. I'm trying to pick up a, a Smith 5 on a bit of a whim at the minute. And I, whether it works out and I use that for the project, I don't know. Like, who knows? I'm kind of... I'm just sort of like going, you know, I'm just I'm on a bit of a search at the minute. But if it doesn't work out, hey, you know, I can sell these bases afterwards, so it's fine. Um, or give them away. Sort of like, you know. <laughs> or give them away. I need to clear out, man. I'm getting too many bases. Um, nah, nah. And plus one. Yeah, because like every sort of like, you know, if you've been playing bass for like, I don't know, like 20 or 25 years or something like that. No, more than 25, nearly 30 years or whatever it is. Yeah. Like in every year, you're like, oh, you maybe buy like two bases or three. Who am I telling you? Oh, you know this shit, right? <laughs> then you get to like 30 years in and you're like, oh no, I've got a Whoa. lot of bases. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a big problem yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, but it, I know. All that to say that I haven't found Excalibur yet. I actually, yeah, I just haven't. I messaged uh, Marcel over F-Base uh, today, just earlier actually, uh, and we were talking about doing like a signature base anyway, but that's not going to be ready ready for this. No way. But sure. I do. I was just asking. I was like, "Hey, do you have a five string that I could rent from you, or yeah. do you have like a, a fretless?" Basically, I was like, "Do you have a fretless I could rent, or do you know somebody that I could rent it off, or do you know any dealers that have a five string fretless? Because those F bases, the fretlesses, are awesome. Like I've played yes, one before. They are. They're, they're awesome. really nice. I, and, I, and and here's the deal, man. I'm comfortable on this F base down here. Which, yes. So I know kind of sort of like what I'm getting myself into. Like with yeah. the exotic, I want to be like, yeah. Oh, dude. But like part of me is like, I just, I don't know what it's going to be like physically. So of course, yeah. I want you to be to send, send, send it over. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all good. No, it's just no a big, it's it. a big jazz bass. I mean, it's essentially, yeah. it's just a jazz bass body with a thin jazz bass neck, but wide five yeah. um, ebony, but it, it's killing. But of course, it's like, dude, you need you need a nimble race car that you are comfortable oh, with and car, comfortable yeah. in. You do to play this music. I can't imagine. It's my nightmare. It's my nightmare. It is not what I do. <laughs> it's it is very my different. nightmare. It is so hard. Honestly, it's so hard. I was like, I'm maybe we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago, but there was this section of one of the tunes, and I was like. Just, I think it took me an hour to get like these four bars down. The time is so all over the place on it. And I was on like Simon, obviously I mentioned Simon wrote all of these tunes earlier. And uh, I was on with Simon last week as well. And he was like, I have no idea how to write this into notation. <laughs> he was like, I've got no idea. He's like, yeah. it's great. Like, yeah, we were laughing about it. I was like, it'll be fine. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be fine. fine. Yeah. Dude, when in doubt, what just do what I do. Just Sorry, kick just, on a drive. Well, and a, kick on and a drive. And a, yeah, kick on a drive. And I feel like, you know, like Tony <clears throat> Levin has this great ability to do this thing. Like when he played Liquid Tension Experiment, yes, he was playing a bunch of those lines, but there were times too when he'd have a big sound and go, you know, like play these yeah. monster pedals over yeah. stuff. Yeah. You, yeah. You can do that too. You can do that too. 
I'm going to try and figure it out. I'm going to have to, I'm going <laughs> to, I, I had a realization actually yesterday because I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do like, because I, I basically, just for context for everybody listening, I run my entire, Ian knows this, I run my entire life on my calendar. Like every yeah. single minute of my day is accounted for and I'm sort of like squeezing as much in as I can. And like, and, and in that I've been like doing a Thursday morning is, work on these tunes that's that's been my thursday morning well i didn't realize right? I, yeah thursday morning yeah. yeah i had a realization yesterday i was like oh shit i've got like eight thursday mornings until i s- step into the into the freaking fire and there is no way that eight thursday mornings is going to prepare me for what i'm about to step in- into so i was I like oh yeah i need to revisit my calendar and try, <laughs> try and yeah you this. do that blows my mind i would think you would be on this every day do you think you will uh i can't because my hands mm, i can't because yes, yes. my hands it's a weird yes. situation yeah because i've got focal dystonia i need to be really careful about how much i play otherwise what will happen is i'll practice my ass off and then i'll get to the get to the actual when we're supposed to be filming and my hands will be shot to bits and i won't be able to Your record say, nope. <laughs> yep that'll right. be yeah it'll be that situation yeah so it's it is a weird one it's a weird one because if 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 my hands were normal and I could just do what I wanted, yeah, I'd be practicing all the time. I'd be practicing every day, every night and stuff mm, like that, but I just yeah. cannot do it. I don't think I right. can practice more than like, cause these practice sessions, I'm having to sit down and work on it for like two or three hours. Yes. Cause there's a lot of stuff to get through a lot of uh, melodies to learn and stuff like that. So, so I, I probably can do no more than two a week. I reckon I've got, two, so in reality, got I think it. I've got 16 practice sessions and then I'm stepping into the fire unbelievable yeah yeah there's a man that can do it scott (laughs) divine it's you oh god i wish i could be there oh i wish i could be there oh for real oh my word i'm just going to be sending you the most positive vibes possible it's going to be incredible it's going to be wild it's going to be great i think it's going to be fantastic you know and simon's going to be there the lads are going to be there nick's on it like dan's coming dan's going to be filming it and stuff like that all of it's going to be like we're going to be filming the entire project for the youtube channel and stuff like that which will be awesome yeah and uh yeah like i'm 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 nervous for simon as well i'm like oh my word you know we're like it's it's insane because he's like up front yeah he's like playing guitar on this and it's and it's monster stuff you know it's really really (laughs) hard like side note that he's just a complete freak show though he is like he's almost sort of like yeah it's kind of freaky like it freaks me out when i think about it i'm just like oh it is he's so good if if you don't know what i'm talking about for for the listeners the guy who's wrote the tunes for this for for this project that we're working on um he's called simon king and he is a guitar player, but but all of those tunes that I just played you there, he's playing all of the instruments on that. So he plays all the guitar, all the bass, all the drums, all the keys, all the percussion. He yeah. is a like just yeah, it's really outlandishly and, peculiar. And if you <laughs> if you've been on SBL and you have uh, waded into the murky shark infested waters of Players Path Level Nine. Or that's any Cy player's path, it, yeah. that's Psy. That's Psy playing on, I mean, that's Psy writing the tunes, right? He for wrote all, all this the stuff. player's path, the entire wrote thing. All yeah. of it. Yeah. And yeah. you get a taste of what he loves in, uh, in like <laughs> seven, eight, nine. You're like, oh, yeah. this is a fusion guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it so was, sick. There was never a question, dude. When I sat down with Lisa one night, we were like, yeah. I was like, I want to do like a recording project. I need to find somebody who's a badass who can write some amazing tunes. And she was like, what kind of tunes? I was like, fusion. 
And then I yeah. thought for it for about a millisecond. I was like, it's yep. Sai. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, he, it's he's, so cool. He's so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Bonkers. So anyway, this, though? let's talk about bases. About yeah. choosing the perfect base. Yeah. Like for, for those of us out there that are not about to step into a studio with session fusion gods. Like how <laughs> how <laughs> how do I choose the right base, Scott? How how do the royal we choose the perfect base? Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? That we and Ian and I were talking about this before we hit record on this podcast. And and when it comes to record like finding the perfect base, really obviously the headline is, well, there is no perfect base writ large for everything. <laughs> yeah. But there absolutely is the perfect base for specific projects oh, yes. or specific songs or specific yes. artists you'll be working with, right? So what we thought we'd do is dive into into that. And when we were discussing um, kind of like a, a framework that we would use if trying to, you know, trying to figure out what the perfect base was, Ian was like, one of the most important things first up is a reference point. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah. Do you want to talk about that for a bit? Oh, I mean, I just feel like in my entire band and studio life, the biggest success that I've had with finding the right thing, finding the thing that like, oh, and when I say the right thing or the perfect thing, the perfect base, it's the thing that you're like, oh, this is, this sound fits. It's the yeah. sound that makes the track feel the best, whether that's supportive or whether that's out front and gritty or whatever it is, it's whatever serves the track the best. And I think even a step up from service is makes it better. I'm always looking for the instrument, the sound, the approach, the baseline, yeah. whatever it is that not just supports the song. Like you hear a lot of session bayer players say like, oh, what's the thing that's going to serve? And serve is great. I want to serve, but I always want one notch higher. I want service, but then also like, oh, without that sound or that line, this song wouldn't be as good. I want it. I want the thing to make it better. So yeah. for me, the, the most success I've ever had is when there's been a very clear reference of what we're going for. So, so the, uh, yeah, like, yeah. are you listening to, are you listening to albums? Are you listening yeah. to like the album? Are you listening to other people's albums that might be in the, the same kind of space? Like what are you do? Absolutely. Your process? Like I just did a track for, for, uh, these German producers that wanted something like Miley Cyrus's flowers, which is, you know, a brand new tune of this cool baseline that just came out and they wanted that vibe. So I was so thankful to get that because then I'm trying to find, Ooh, is that a pick? That sounds like it could be on flats with a little bit of drive. So yeah. what's the instrument? So then it, I narrow down these parameters to then pick the instrument and the setup and the strings that I think is going to be the perfect thing for that recording. So for me, it's, that's, you know, it's the reason I say, I'm like, well, I need 40 bases, Scott, because, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, in my world, oh boy, you know, I'm really having to choose. Now that said, I could probably get it done on 38. Just kidding. <laughs> I could probably get it done on five maybe right but i want to be able to reach for the thing that is going to make me feel like ah yeah 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 this is a good starting point so for me the instrument itself 
is the starting point. I've talked about it like I'm a casting director and who's the actor I want to put into this scene. Is it the Rickenbacker? You know, is it Mr. Rickenbacker? Is it Mr. P-Bass? Is it Mrs. Got Jazz it. Bass? Yeah, like who yeah, am I going to put yeah. in? And then I'm thinking maybe about strings or, or effects or something, but it's about references. A, another just great, um, if someone says McCartney, oh, it's a gift because now you're thinking probably about a Hofner, a short scale, a hollow body, plunky. Hollow body. Yeah. yeah. So it's about listening, right? It's about knowing those references and yeah. not just th- not pretending to know them. But if someone says Beatles, if someone says tribal tech, if someone says Tame Impala, someone says Beastie Boys, like knowing what those things mean and then doing the listening enough to decode that and wonder what that right sound will be for a, for a project. When has it gone wrong? Like, when have you have you ever stepped into a project? Maybe, maybe you're sort of like you're probably too experienced for this now. But if you look back in your youth, you know, when did you get it wrong, dude? You I took get it the wrong. wrong bass to the wrong recording session. Like, you know, I mean, to the recording yeah, session. I whatever. get it. You I, maybe you didn't have a reference or something. Yeah, I continue to get it wrong, and sometimes I found too that like when people say they want something, uh, sometimes I think like the what they want is actually different than what I perceive the reference to be. I did a pop track where it was like bass led and, you know, kind of like short, super syncopated. And to me, the reference, I can't even remember what the reference was, but I was like, oh, a P bass with flats really dry is going to be the vibe for this. It's going to be really cool. And then yeah. they ended up wanting, oh no, they wanted something crunchier with a little more grit. So then it Got ended it. up being a jazz bass with rounds and a little bit of drive. So Got I it. chose the the wrong thing. And all good. No one gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I retrack it with something else. Um, but yeah, I get it wrong. I get it wrong occasionally where I think like, ooh. Or, you know, dude, you know when I get it wrong, Scott, if I'm honest? I get it wrong when I think I know better than the client. That's when I get it wrong. (laughs) When I think that my, oh, I'm so experienced and I'm so good. I've been doing this for so long. And oh, yeah, I've got all these bases. I'm going to pick the right one. And when someone says they want this kind of thing, and I, in my mind, I turn that around and think, ah, they actually want this other thing, I think. Yeah. That's when I get it wrong. And it sometimes oh. doesn't turn out. They they absolutely knew what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to me it really is a gift when people when people really do know what they want. And maybe maybe then they hear it and and they say, "Oh, you know what? Now that I'm hearing that, ah, I'd love for it to be something different." Um, but I love it when people give me a target versus say yeah. like hey man do your thing Ugh. there's nothing worse i mean it's it's flattering someone's like hey man do that thing do your thing on this and i go okay yeah awesome and i do whatever that means i you know i interpret that to mean either two things they want something kind of like synthy sounding or they want something kind of like cowboy there's that like spring reverby thing too it's like those are sort of the two things right now that are yeah. you know quote unquote my thing or that's what i get asked to do and yeah. um but then sometimes then i send that stuff and people are like i actually think i just want you to play like regular bass <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I pick up the P base. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's yeah. All, yeah. It's so, all good. so sometimes it's, it's a reference provided by whoever yes. you're working with, and sometimes it's provided by you listening Ooh, to good other. Dis- it's yeah. a good distinction, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's got to be true for you too, right? Like when you're stepping into this project, you you could choose to play a P base on it. A, it's not going to be nimble enough for you, and B, it's not it's going to be nimble. Yeah, this is not the sound. sound. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. And to get into this space, I'm listening to players that are playing within that similar genre, which is like jazz fusion, right? So I'm like listening to a lot of players, and and I'm trying to identify what does it for me and what doesn't. And what doesn't do it for me is equally yes. important as well. Right. Because, yeah, like, it's it's just really important. So, um, so like, players like John Patitucci and Jimmy Haslip, Scooties Ferrison, Matt Garrison, you know, all of these guys yes. all have different yes. sounds, but within a similar kind of sonic space, right? And some of them I really like, and some of them I actually don't like. Some of them I'm just like, meh, you know, I could... I, I don't really like their sound and nothing to do with their playing actually like they're right. playing all of the people that I just mentioned just there their playing is just absolutely freaking phenomenal yes um a, a great example is like there's a a bunch of Matt Garrison stuff that really like the tone doesn't grab me actually mm. the, the opposite I'm like oh I'm not that's not for me it's too it's just I need more bottom and more mids and stuff like that and, and it's He's an amazing player. He's more than an amazing player. He's a absolutely, com- of course, complete god, right? But just that sound doesn't isn't for me. Um, there was a tone that I really, um, really enjoyed that Schooley was playing um, on an Alan Holdsworth record, and 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 I loved that record. And I actually listened to it over and over. I listened to it, and I was like, huh, I don't think this is the first time. It's I've listened to that record hundreds of times, maybe yeah. more than hundreds, thousands of times. And in many ways, uh, when he was playing bass down the low end, I really liked the tone. Um, and when he plays a solo, it's the best solo I've ever heard. But tonally, <laughs> for the thing that I'm searching for, it wasn't the vibe. And that yeah, was really right. interesting because I thought I'd, I'd be like, oh, yeah, just like Schooly, but it wasn't. It was actually another indicator of, actually, that's not the vibe that you're going for here. You don't want that sound. So, yes, I'm trying to find mm. these references to guide me to to what could be the sound that I'm going for. And for you, when you're making those decisions, is it really, is it gut? Is it like, just like you have this, you have this feeling, you're like, ah, I love this playing, but ah, it's not really the sound. Why? Why do you make that judgment? It's just, for me, what is it? Um... It's how it just sits within the mix, just how mm, it feels. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is to do with the mid content of the tone. That's the bit that I always yeah. sort of like gravitate towards. I think that there's a certain, yeah. you know, I don't like it. I like sort of like a, a lot of mid within the sort of like the frequency. So if it hasn't got that, yeah. I'm just like, I need more of it. Um, yeah. Mm. So so for me, it's that like, and again, I can name great players that don't have that specific thing in their tone and they sort of like have more of a scoopy vibe. Um, and it's awesome yeah. for them, but it's not, it doesn't resonate for me. So, for, so that's what I'm looking for. But also just to say as well that the, the difficult thing about it is what, for me at least, especially with this project that I'm working on, 
is is that the physical part of it is really important as well. So, and of the, course, yes. a great example of this is sax players, right? So, and I think it was like Brecker, Mike Brecker who said this, or maybe somebody else, but the thicker your reed, the harder it is to play the sax, right? So the thinner the reed, mm. it's easier to fly around on that thing, but the thinner the tone. So it's that balance mm. between like getting the, the yeah. right thickness of reed so the tone's great, but yeah. it doesn't get in the way of what you're trying to play. So there is an element of that as well, where I'm sure that I could listen to a record, find a really fantastic reference, and be like, that is the vibe that I'm going for. I could get the bass and be like, oh, I can't play this thing. I just cannot mm. physically get around because it like I need to. Set up or, or the way it's ergonomically designed. Exactly or, that. Yeah. 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 Just the way it's ergonomically yeah. designed. Yeah. So you're, you're not going to play the Rickenbacker on this thing. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> right? going to play the Rickenbacker. Yeah. No. <laughs> I wondered about, I wondered if you've tried any of it on the wall. It's a four strat. I need a five. It's you all written five. for five. It's right. all. Right. And trust me, I have thought to myself, because that Ken Smith, sat yeah, great in the mix. Four I was like, yep. I, I could rewrite these parts for four. Yeah. I cannot rewrite these parts. It's, mm. it's all over the place. There's like full runs that go from like the B string right up to the G and then down again. And it yes. just doesn't, and if you start tra- going better, better, you know, and sort of like playing the octave higher instead of on the beat, it just doesn't sound like it should do. So I'm, oh, I'm kind of great. I, I was going to say I'm caged into the five, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's given me some guardrails. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. it has to be a five. It has yes, to be five. Versus, yeah. versus any bass ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. So, right. yeah. It's, uh, but that's, I guess, sort of like, just to bring it back to what we were talking about, that's how I've been trying to use reference points to guide me towards a specific tone. I don't think I'm there just yet. I really like the way that Ken Smith's sitting in the mic. My Ken Smith yeah. sounds great. Um, Really like the Willis bass. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn Willis. <laughs> I'm just going to wear like well, a Gary Willis t-shirt. I'll tell you what, good. But, uh, <laughs> That's incredible. Well, you know, you talk about gu- guardrails, guide rails, whatever. How, what, what word did you guardrails, use? Guardrails. Guardrails. Yes. Guardrails, yeah. And I think it's the same. For, for what I do, it's like the sonic references are the guardrails, right? I've got all of these instruments I could bring. I could be the jerk that brings 15 basses to a session. I yeah, kind of used yeah. to be that guy. God, dude, I used to roll into stuff thinking that my professional demeanor would be demonstrated by the amount of shit I brought into the studio. Ugh. Make some yeah, choices. Yeah, yeah. Use those references and and uh, guardrails, parameters, barriers are actually very, very helpful because yeah. it limits down that option anxiety. Now, you know, you, you might out there, you might only have one base. Well, all good. Problem solved. But if Problem you're somebody solved. out there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you're Sleep somebody out easy. there that's just got, <laughs> yeah, if you've, if you've got a bunch of things and you're trying to make the, you know, you're trying to make the decision, really listen to some music. And something that I do too is I'll listen to stuff and I'll just play along and I'll think like, wow, what nails this? Whether it's that 90s rock thing that I was doing with the Spectre on the end of the Pickups Part 2 podcast. like That's such a vibe. And I've brought that instrument into a session and it's like, oh, it's just the perfect, like, yes! So glad I have this. Um, But obviously it's not the right thing for everything. So is there something that's right for everything? I don't know. But can I admit something to you, Scott Devine? Oh yeah, absolutely. Can I, a Speak deep, easy. Dark admission. This, this, this is a safe place. <laughs> this is a safe place. Yeah. 
I almost never feel comfortable or like it's the right sound with a traditional P bass. Wow. I know. And, so and, and sometimes yeah. it is. And even so, when and other know, people do. Even when well, no, other when, people do. Okay, okay. For me, when other people right. do, I'm like, damn, that sounds great. It's almost like I have this weird thing with a P bass. And I'm not talking about the single coil P bass, which I love. My two favorite sounds in the world are a jazz bass neck pickup and a single coil, like early 50s style 50, P bass yeah, pickup. Those are my yeah. two favorite sounds. But when I get that split coil traditional P bass pickup in my hands, I always just I can't I kind of think that it sort of sounds like this, and I can't shake it. It's like it's so chewy and it has so much like high mid range content that I feel like I want to kind of start to EQ it out. But oh, but that's the thing that makes it sit really nice in the mix. And then when yeah, I hear yeah, you yeah, play yeah, it, yeah. I hear Hurley play it, I hear Jamerson play it. I mean, dude, I have tried. There, dude, someone even pointed out this piece of content of mine, Scott, recently, where I kind of had this admission on something else where I'm like, actually, I really prefer the single coil P bass thing. And yeah. someone pointed out that I said in a noble video that like, oh, you know, and when I'm playing a P bass with flats, which is the thing that I play for nine percent of the work that I do. I think I said this <laughs> douchebag sentence, the work that the 90% of the work that I do, <laughs> you know, God, it's stupid like this. Oh, this is how I always set the preamp. And that was when I was trying to be one of the cool guys. Got it. Yeah. It was yeah. When, when I was when you trying felt like to, you wanted to needed P base. Yeah. I had to, I had to because yeah. you Lefebvre, uh, Hurley, you sounded great everybody. on that P bass, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded freaking awesome on that P bass. Thanks, dude. I mean, it's funny because when I hear recordings, it's dude. I have a weird thing when I hear recordings. I'm like, oh yeah, oh, I like that. But it's when I have it in my hands, and I don't know why, but I can never make like fast friends. I've taken them on tours. I'll take one to a session. I might even take one to the session tonight. Because I know that it is the right thing, but I struggle to to realize that when I'm interfacing with it. Why? Oh, Why man, am I broken? That's so interesting. Well, I, I'll throw this in. It's not going to help you, but it's just sort of like <laughs> it's it's as weird. It's yeah. as weird. That's why I want to share it. Is that I was playing the I was doing this fretboard challenge thing the other day, right? doing these yeah. live streams, right? Yes. Shout out to anybody that came along, because that was a blast. So we did this five-day fretboard challenge. Anyway, so, and we were all on Zoom and stuff like that. And the first bass that I used on the first recording was the Ken Smith four-string. And I haven't played it, not, I've like played it a few times with the tracks, just like I've told you, but I haven't played it in ages. Ages yeah. and ages. And dude, like the sound of it, is really unique. It sounds like a Ken Smith. It doesn't sound like anything else. And I sounded like shit on it. I wow. sounded awful on it. Here's the weird thing, right? It was this, it, the sound affected the way I was playing. Mm. So, and then on the next one, picked up the, uh, the F bass and the sound, I've been playing this F bass a lot. And my, my body knew exactly yes. what to expect and how to respond to that instrument, but it didn't know how to respond and act with that <sighs> Ken Smith. And I've 
done gigs uh, on that Ken Smith and I've, I've I've done it, you know, used it for stuff and all of that. Huh. Yeah. And it's been wicked. But that day I sounded like shit. And it's because I think it's because I just haven't played it in a long time. It's totally has its own thing. And my body yeah. was just didn't know what to do with it. It was like all out of sync. It was it was weird. Yeah, it was a weird experience. So it's all that to say, I kind of knew it wasn't me as well. I was like, this is interesting. I sound like crap. But it's definitely me. <laughs> you know, it's definitely me playing. It should sound okay. But it just I was like stumbling the sound. It was it was kind of weird, yeah. Yeah, and weird. and it to- it can sort of like spiral you almost. Like yes. you're trying to now you're changing your hand position, you're changing the knobs, you're wondering if your headphones have the right seal. You're you know, you're oh, like, man, oh, what's was, going on? Yeah, you're so yeah. in your head. Man, I wonder if I just haven't spent enough time with a P bass. That's why I mentioned it. Just so yeah. it's like a physical thing that your body just doesn't know how to respond to that sound. Maybe and you feel a bit weird with it un- under your hands and your fingers. Can, can I ask you another question? This is Safe weird. Space, dude. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> well, have you got like a, a funny color pube or something? Like that? <laughs> uh, I mean, probably, but that's oh, yeah. not the question. <laughs> I wonder if you get grey pubes. I like. I have never had. A, I've never had a conversation with a man with grey hair. Next guy I meet with grey hair, then I feel comfortable. We're in like a. You're going to ask place. them I'm about like, their pubes. I'm going to be like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, do your pubes go grey? <laughs> I love how this is. I love how this has turned into that. That's anyway, incredible. Safe space. Hit me with it. <laughs> when you find out, will you let me know? <laughs> I'll let you know. You were the first person I'll text. Cheers. <laughs> Sleep easy. <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't have to oh. ask. Hey, hey, Gav's, uh, Gav's pretty grey on Team SB. I'm going to hit Gav up, actually. Ask him. After ask this, Gav. Yeah. After oh, this conversation, right after I'm gonna, this. I'll, I'll text oh him. I'll be like, dude, we need to have a, ch- we need okay. to have a chat. <laughs> anyway, right. safe space. Go for here's, it. Here's my question has a has a sound of a bass or playing a bass ever elicited in you a physiological response i'm going to clarify that there was a time for me that went dude i'm it's starting right now this is so weird when i would play a p bass i would salivate <laughs> i'm not kidding and i don't know why I don't know why. <laughs> it's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it hasn't happened to you? Okay, cool. Never mind. <laughs> Let's edit this out. It's all awesome. good. Cool. All right. Cool, cool, well, cool. I was <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, I was like, yeah, like every time I play a low B, my, fa- my face kind of melts. Like, you know, like every time I hit oh, that low B, uh, yeah. like, you know, I get that Anthony Jackson sort of like floppy face. You know, have you, <laughs> yeah, have you yeah, seen yeah, that? Yeah. Like Anthony yeah. Jackson's got oh, the yeah. best bass face ever. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, and then some like, when I'm playing like a, a fretless and I hit sort of like a low wah, you know, my shoulders kind of creep Ooh. up into this sort of like wah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of like yeah. become like a praying mantis. But no, I have not. <laughs> Dude. I've there is got like something, a salivating mouth. Really? Dude, there is something about the mid-range <clears throat> of a precision bass with flats. So specifically with flats, when it's sort of like woody and boxy and like mid-range chewy, that yeah. when I play it, it's like I've tasted 
like a sour fruit or it's like I'm hungry and someone put a meal out and I haven't had it yet, but I smell the whatever, right? I smell yeah. the, I smell the pizza uh, and I salivate. That is awesome. What the fuck is wrong with me, dude? By the way, do you know when you were saying it? I, I started salivating because you were talking about salivating. So now I'm like, my assumption is that we're going to seriously, it's doing it now. Yeah. Like, yes. I did not know that when you talk about salivating, you actually start you do. salivating. Yeah. <laughs> you do. Like a Your body's Saint like, oh. Bernard over here. Dude. You know, like people will be salivating in the gym, listening to this and in their cars. And they're like, ah. I don't know, dude. It doesn't happen to me with any other sound. It's so weird. It does not happen with a jazz bass. It doesn't happen with a 50s P bass. It happens with a split coil P bass tone all the way up flats. It makes me freaking salivate, and I don't know why, and I wonder if that means I need to lean into it. Maybe. Or if I need to run away from it. <laughs> I don't know. Man, I, do, I do not know, man. I don't know. It's like... I don't think you need to lean into it, man. Like I don't and, think I do either. It's all I, good. I, salivating yeah. aside, I just think <laughs> sort of like yeah. I think yeah. there's something for whatever reason within the sort of like the texture of that tone for you that you prefer the neck pickup of a jazz bass. I sure do. And I think that's it. You know, I think that that, that is yeah. it. You, need, you right. don't need to weed yourself onto that split coil. You don't need to feel bad about it. You know, you just I feel bad about it though. Maybe you just need there to get a... like a, yeah, get like a P bass and stick, <laughs> pull that, <laughs> pull that split coil out and stick a freaking jazz bass. Just Sacrilege. Do it. <laughs> on a 62. <laughs> oh God. Just, just with a Dremel. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude there was something a piece of content that fender made with sean hurley a long time ago i've mentioned this before but i'm gonna mention it again sean if you ever listen to this god damn you because he said this thing that just cracked me up and i haven't ever been able to shake it he said that a p-bass scott was a quote-unquote real man's instrument <laughs> sean you said it dude do you remember do you remember traumatizing me Wait, did you did you just shrink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said I'm not like, a real man. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh yeah, you know, P bass. I sort of realized, you know, it's on stage playing some sick gig, probably with Mayor. You know, and he's like, oh yeah, I kind of realized it's like the real man's instrument. And I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cool Fuck, as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I know the problem is I just feel like he's right. That's the problem. That's the reason I'm upset. Oh, my God. But it was it was very – that comment hit me for some reason. And I'm like, yep, yep. This is it. I haven't been a real man my whole life. I got to get to it. <laughs> Dude, and I start playing these P basses. Um, drools coming out of both corners of my mouth like an asshole. Oh, God. And it just took me a long time to realize, like, man, this sound isn't it for me. I and yeah. I people request it, and of course, I'm happy to play it. I have a lovely 65 precision bass. I have a lovely. It's right here. I have a lovely, and that always has flats. Makes me salivate. I'm salivating right now just thinking about it. <laughs> and then I've got this 58 custom shop with rounds. It's killing. They're awesome instruments. I play them. They're the right thing. They sit in a track. But some, for whatever reason, I prefer to just suffer and struggle and try to get yeah. a, a 50s P or a or a jazz bass neck pickup to sit in a track. 
in any way, that sounds like a personal problem, and it is for me. <laughs> it's all good. Dude. I'm looking at our, <laughs> our, our list here. We've actually gone through yeah. most of the stuff on the list, but the last, the last actually, yeah. we haven't gone through. We've gone through sort of like getting references together. We've got, you know, we've gone through getting an instrument that really delivers the right sonic landscape or sonic vibe for a particular track. We've also gone through what's going to feel comfortable, right? So, like, physically. Yep. You know, and that, yep. that isn't That's right. for all styles of music, but certainly for some, for some more challenging styles of music, you know, the physicality of the instrument matters because you're going to have to be able to blaze around that thing. And that's when we started talking about, you know, that sax thing as well, the thick reed, yes. right? You know, yep. sax players, they want to use a real fat reed, but they can't play that thing fast enough so they have to find that balance and then the last thing that's on the list is the aesthetic by the way i'm salivating so badly i'm all i'm (laughs) drooling like a saint bernard (laughs) i'm so sorry bubbling up under my tongue (laughs) i'm like what is going on anyway i'm just gonna swallow that (laughs) 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 i'm sorry Anyway, but aesthetic, like for some, for some oh, circumstances, yeah. obviously really matters. Like it really does big, matter, big doesn't deal. it? You know, when big, you were talking about Sh- Sean Hurley there, like that aesthetic does matter. Like Sean Hurley is not going to be rocking it out on stage with, uh, you know, with, with John Mayer, with, with his six string fretless or whatever, or just no. even just take fretless around, just fretless. He's not going to do that. It's going to, yeah. it's just not going to be the or, right vibe. Or even, I mean, even a fretted instrument that just doesn't look like a classic, you know, like, yeah, he, yeah there's definitely, uh, you know, I've heard about Steve Jordan and aesthetic. It's a big, big deal. It's like Steve Jordan, like wants bass players to essentially be Pino, right. To play with an SVT and a P bass with flats, period. Like, that's, end of story. Yeah. But I get it. I don't think that that stuff's dumb, actually. I think that aesthetic is really important. I, I think about it a lot. Like, when I think about going to a gig, I, yeah, dude, this is a really good point. Because it's not just about the sound. It's about how the vibe, yeah, the vibe of the instrument, right? And the the character of the, of the sound. And that's typically, like, connected to... Uh, a style, a certain style of instrument. So, you know, for instance, tonight, this thing that I'm going to go do, it's going to be more of like a vibey, vintagey thing. I'm not going to show up with my Ken Smith six string, for instance. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I yeah. just won't, even though that might actually be really cool for some stuff. And it might, you know, it might be, it, it might win people over after they heard it but it's going to be pulling stuff out of the case in the studio there's this moment where you sort of are like showing your cards what did you bring everybody's hanging out you pull stuff out and people you know and people go whoa (laughs) like i remember bringing a ding wall (laughs) to a session you know and like pulling it out of the case and it's that d-rock and it's such a sick instrument everybody went okay (laughs) but i was like listen the golden space ship is going to take you to a magical place okay it's gonna be it's gonna Wild. be amazing isn't it but interesting yeah. it really if, if nobody has experienced it before this is the real thing like it's real you will never feel more comfortable getting to a studio and pulling out a p base ever like that God is the damn most, it it's so you're so comfortable <laughs> aren't you you just yeah. get the p base out oh, everybody yeah. gl- people glance around mm. they're like they they know exactly what it is they're like yeah mm. cool right i know jazz bass they probably look around here's here's something funny they probably look around and think 
Oh fuck! I hope he's not going to slap that thing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they say, or they, or they go. Mm, it's passable, but they also then think, "I wish it was a P base." Yes, yeah, yeah. There's not the ease because the P base says something, doesn't it? It says, "I know." Hey, don't worry, I'm going to slap this. God it's like, it. don't worry, I'm not going to do any tapping. <laughs> But I do some tapping. <laughs> and I do a little slapping. God. Yeah, yeah I know, man. Yeah, I know. It's so true. It's so true. I've got a double bag today loaded up with my 68 Jazz Bass. It's trash sunburst with flats. It's as close to a P-Bass as I like to get. <laughs> it's cool. And if they're trashed, it helps because they, yeah, they, they need to be a bit trashed, doesn't it? Because everybody's do, like, yeah. oh, he's a, he's a pro. That story. He's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, he's a pro. He knows what's so yeah, yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? Man, I did not know any of this shit when I was younger. I can remember like turning up to the studio with like just yeah, like, I know. six strings, oh, maple know. like custom maple tops. And I'm not saying I that know. that is bad at all. Anybody listening to this, you're like, what? I thought this was all cool. Hey, I love the the maple tops and Same. the six strings and all of that stuff. But in yep. certain circumstances especially like when you're working on your own projects or in bands that you're in and your friends, yeah. like you can use anything you want. Yeah. But when you turn, what, what actually, we should have said this actually, but so just for context, what Ian and I are talking about is like when you turn up and you sort of like, you're good. It's sort of like, it's, it's a proper, what's the word? It's like a, it's a project. There's There's probably vocalists on it they you know there's like it's, you're being paid you're being employed you're being you employed know? you're definitely yeah. it's not your project at all you're there to serve a, yeah. a function within the band and stuff like that and those engineers and those vocalists and you know and everybody in the band they know exactly what a p bass does so it's sort of like this exactly. when they see it they're yes. just like they're not going to worry about it but when you whip out the six string signature bass they look yeah. at the thing <laughs> and like they have instant fear but i'll tell fear. you what somebody who just ah oh, love him boom bishop dude boom oh, bishop yeah. just sails yeah. over all of this because boom bishop Agreed. is like yeah um, or Goucher. i mean there's a lot of people yeah, right there's there is yeah 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 i would then, i would say that the the gospel thing's slightly different that's yes. maybe if you turn it with the p base they're worried they're like uh, yeah right 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 yeah Where, I think where's like, the mtd <laughs> exactly know, where's the yeah 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 it's just lanes right i mean the modern gospel thing or the modern r&b thing you know bubby yeah. lewis comes to mind too i yes. mean hubert eves comes to mind i mean like yeah. man hubert eves is I feel like it has the most incredible sound on an MTD. Makes exactly. me want an MTD. Yeah, um, me and too. oh, and I just, I would love to be able to be in that world, even just, just for a day and play those sounds and hear how the Smith six fits into that space. Ah, it's just not my reality, you know, yeah, but yeah. I love it. But yeah, I mean, I think having some emotional EQ around uh, where, what instrument you're going to bring know what music and what instrument and what references are going to be the thing that is going to put the room at ease and you will you will work forever if you can figure that out if you can figure out you know like for me i mean you know like tonight i should probably bring a p bass <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it'll be a maybe it'll be a, a single coil P bass. Maybe I'll bring the fifty one. And a bib, dude. <laughs> it's a mic drop, Divine. That was a mic drop. <laughs> As you were, Allison. <laughs> 
but you know, yeah, bring the thing that puts the room at ease, even if yeah. it's going to make you drool all over yourself. And hey, and, and, and also, we're only to, with that specific that final point we're making about this aesthetic thing. That only comes into play on certain projects. It's not all projects. If you're if yeah. you're sort of like not of involved in sort of like that kind of scene at all. Play what the fuck you want, you know. Just, just, doesn't yeah, matter. Just do, exactly. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just do what you and want. And sometimes I think, sometimes I think we make it too big of a deal out of it. I've made too big of a deal out of it. We're thinking like yeah. I have a, a couple of snarky friends that will make comments about a bass that I'll play, but then I'll bring that bass to something and no one cares at all. You know, yeah, no one yeah. cares at all. They're just happy that I showed up with a bass. They don't even look at the bass. They, they don't care. And so sometimes, yeah. yeah, that thing of like, oh, you always have to show up with a P bass or, or whatever it is. Or if in, you're in a gospel environment, yeah, you have to always show up with the PV Sirius or the Ken Smith or the MTD. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of, we, we make a little bit of a big deal out of it. It might not be true for you. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, PV Sirius, I haven't heard that in a long time. Those Peter Sirises were awesome. Do they still killing, make them? dude? I don't know. Those are killing, though. They're <sighs> like the, they're like the poor man's yeah. Ken Smith. Yeah, loads of people said like I, I saw it on uh, online. People were like, hey, if you can't get Ken Smith, get a PV Sirius. Let's see if they yeah. still make them. Yeah, do um, they? And they had two different models, didn't they? Is that right? Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was like was there not an American made one as well? Well, they're all American-made. Did you know that? Oh, were they all American-made? At least it up to a certain point, everything. PV was an American company. Ma and Pa Hartley was the was the was the guy Hartley PV. I can't remember his wife's name. Oh wow! But they were like they sold to Ma and Pa shops. They weren't in any of the big monster music retail spaces in the beginning. Like they weren't at Guitar Center, you know. And they would. No, not in the beginning. They were like, they were, their whole company identity was to sell to like the local stores. Of course, that had to change over the years, but it was all American made. But since it was in the like ma and pa stores, I feel like it sort of got a bad rep as like, you know, like local, small time, you know, but dude, some of that PV gear was so sick. It was bulletproof. Yeah. T40s are sick. Bandit? Can you remember the PV Bandit? Amp? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I have a Bravo that belonged to old Bob Allison, a PV Bravo, which what? was like the Bandit, you know, a 112 yeah, combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the kind of like black, gray, and teal aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that was yeah. awesome. Those sharp, pointy corners. Oh, lest we descend down the PV rabbit hole. I'm just looking at PV, PV, PV series now. There is two different versions. There's yeah, okay. one that's made somewhere else, I think. And one okay. Made in the, the USA ones are like, so this is news used is like 2,200 pounds. So like yep. two and a half thousand dollars. But then yep. you could get, and then there's a USA custom 2,000 pounds, which is like two, five dollars. But then you got the, other series which are like right around sort of like six seven hundred dollars so there's incredible there's two different models yeah they yeah, were so they make those i did overseas. play one okay. once yeah yeah anyway dude you think we've uh covered it off <laughs> have we have we uh shown everybody how to pick the perfect base <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we have job done job well done job done oh. right guys well thank thanks a lot for hanging out and listening if you took nothing from this take Take the uh, take the drool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I regret that it. That is awesome. I'm gonna like be playing basses now. I'll be like, 
Does this mm. make me... How's my salivation level? Yeah. And, and if anybody's worried, w- wondering about pubes, I'll, I'll update you, you know, on the, on the gray pube thing over the next few weeks. Fear not. If you were there listening to this and you were worried, you're looking down, you know, you're showering, looking at those, <laughs> those lovely brown locks of hair and you're, and you're worried that when you reach those, those mature, the mature years, you know, yeah. aging like yeah. a fine wine. If you're worried oh, that they wine. might, you know, might lose a little, little color down there. Don't worry. I will tell you. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Let's call it. Thanks a lot, guys. Take it easy. We'll see you in a bit. You guys are the best. Take care, everybody.